Welcome back to the Salty Community Podcast, where we are dedicated to helping you grow your personal relationship with both God and Jesus. We do this by emphasizing a foundation of scripture and give you tools and opportunities to experience them in a personal and unique way for you. The kingdom of God invites us into an interactive relationship with him. This podcast series explores all that it means to seek first his kingdom. We will be learning together how to develop a kingdom perspective and how to live it out right now. Join us for this 12-week series and watch the kingdom inside of you grow as you experience heaven on earth. Hey, this is Deanna. Welcome back. We are um, on week six of the Kingdom of God series, and today we're really just picking up kind of where we left off last week because last week in the podcast we talked about that we are children of God. And today, um, it's really exciting where God brought me was we're going to talk about being little children, like the importance, not just so much of being a child of God, but to have childlike qualities um, because of some things that Jesus said about little children. Um, I'm assuming in their society that maybe kids weren't just like super well received. Like maybe um, it's where, you know, the whole scene not heard, but they just maybe weren't. Um, right in the middle of everything because we know that some moms or some families brought their kids to Jesus and they just wanted him to lay hands on them. Can you imagine like we just kiss my baby or hold my baby or whatever and the disciples got mad and like tried to shoo him away and that didn't go well. Mm -hmm. So um, Jesus was like no you let the little children come to me and um, so in Matthew 18 and Luke 18 we see what Jesus has to say about little children. I want to start with Matthew 18, um, and we're going to read verses um, 1 through 4. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put, them in the, he put the child in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and, in, and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. That's pretty intense. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom. So he didn't just Mm. tell them who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom. He was like, you don't even get in unless you turn and become like a child. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to be the greatest in the the kingdom, then you have to humble yourself like a child. Um, So It's one of those statements that is alarming when you read it in scripture. It is. And I think that um, we pass over it like, oh, we got that. Mm-hmm. I've been a child. I get it. Yeah, I can do child. But we're really, like, we, we can't. We just can't. Yeah, no. um, so it was so exciting to me that I knew this is where we were going. And I don't have little kids in my house. Um, I have a 17-year-old and a 21-year-old. They sometimes can be childish. But that is not the same as being childlike. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, a few weeks ago, I, have a, I had a friend over who had a 2-year-old and a 4-year-old. Well, she was not there to see me. She was there to ride horses. Um, and But the two-year-old and four-year-old know that I have a playroom. And on top of that, my son, the 21-year-old, was home trying to sleep and do whatever 21-year-olds do. <laughs> so I was in the office working, and I just had the pleasure all day of listening to these two little girls chatter and giggle and play imagination and fight with each other and pester my son to death. Um, and it was so neat to just observe 
some of the childlike qualities that I knew that God was talking about. Mm-hmm. They, um, they have no problem telling you what they want or what they need. <laughs> like, I'm hungry, or I'm thirsty, or I want to play, or whatever the case may be. They're just, there's no pride involved. It's not like, oh, I may look bad if I tell her I need, you know, no. And there's also no idea of lack. Like, it mm-hmm. never crossed their minds that I was not going to give them what they needed. Mm-hmm. Like, there wasn't a, if you have, can't, no, that was not involved. It was, this is what I need. Um, they were super cute, but there wasn't, um, oh, I don't know. There wasn't an arrogance either. It was just childlike. Just, mm-hmm. I'm a little kid. I don't have a choice. I'm fully dependent on the big people in my life to take care of my needs. Like, I can't make anything. I can't reach the cups. I can't reach the faucet. Like, all the things. I mean, I wouldn't put it past EE, the littlest one, to climb the cabinets or whatever. But she didn't. She just would ask. Um, I know the kids you're talking about. And they are adorable. They are. They are adorable. My daughter is 13. And she has just now, probably in my language figured out that things cost you know what I mean like she's in that age where um I've said it enough we have to wait for that we can't afford that shame on me um and now when she asks for something there is um consideration of how much do you have right you know what I mean I mean, so like when she was asking for a horse over and over again. <laughs> yes, and you have, exactly, and you have to say, well, that's $10,000 and up. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, there's no concept of mm-hmm. that it wouldn't be provided. Right. You know what I mean? Until you give them that perspective, as the adult in me says, but why do I, why do I do that? Why do I not just say, it's coming? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, because if we activate our faith in such a way and I can say to her, um, let's pray about that, and God willing, it's coming. Mm-hmm. Rather than telling her the price. Yeah. Or. Well, some of that is just the growing up. We, yeah. I mean, and the thing is, we can have childlike faith and we can approach God with a childlike humility mm-hmm. and a childlike need and still have to live on planet Earth, mm-hmm. where things cost money. Yeah. And um, I was um, the goal of a parent is to raise children that go off and live on their own someday. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not raising my kids to live with me forever. In fact, on the way here today, I was kind of contemplating how long before I was going to get rid of some of the people that live in my house. <laughs> um, we raise them to become independent, so they have to understand the ways of the world. They have to understand how to live in society, um, but at the same time, somehow managing to also teach them that we never become independent from God. Mm-hmm. We never become so self-sufficient that we don't need God. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, as in a society, um, being self-sufficient and being um, independent um, are so praised and so sought after Um, that we really do miss being dependent on God and um, letting him be the center of all the things. Instead, we become the center of all the things or what we want or things like that. And um, so becoming like little children is not as easy as it sounds. 
It's not. It's just not as easy as it sounds. Not as an adult. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> yeah, not as an um, adult. We tend to, we can receive things either um, with a sense of, um, I deserve this, mm-hmm. an entitlement kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and so instead of maybe receiving salvation with gratitude or thanksgiving or receiving things that God gives us that way, we receive them with entitlement. Like, well, of course I'm going to have that. I am living the American dream. I should have that. Um, and so instead of finding ways to be thankful, we become entitled. Or um, yeah, we're from, re- from a testimony standpoint, so I would, I struggled with feeling self-sufficient mm. um, and thinking that I had, you know, arrived. Not that I had arrived, but that where I had gotten from was in my own strength. Mm-hmm. And um, or where I had came from or came out of, and when somebody would try to give me something, mm. I would um, it would be a no, I don't need that. Mm-hmm. It would be a rejection of it, um, rejection of help, rejection of rather than coming solely from pride, right, and not being able like being so close-handed, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um, not even entitled, but entitled in a total false humility kind of way. Right. Does that make sense? Well, and a lot of times we see it as receiving something from somebody as a, as that, um, I can do that myself. It's a lack of, yeah. Yes. I, like, like, I take, Something's wrong. Mm-hmm, like, I'm lacking if you think that I need something. Yes. Does that make sense? I don't need your help. I can do this all by myself. Whereas God absolutely gives us, you know, mm-hmm. his body to help one another. And mm-hmm. so often asking for help is the last thing we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Whereas a child, it is the first, first thing, thing they're they going to do. It is. For every little thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they just, and sometimes they don't even ask. They can just like look at you like, okay, you mm-hmm. know, and you know they need help. And that is definitely something that we um, unfortunately grow out of. And and the reason is, is you're absolutely right, is pride gets involved. Yeah. And we're like, oh, no, I, I got this on my own. I can't. And I remember, um, I'm sure you remember with Belle. I remember when my kids went through that. I do it myself. Mm-hmm. I do it myself. Mm-hmm. They went through that stage of mm-hmm. thinking they were so grown. And I remember when Brady was learning to tie his shoes and he was, we were, you know, going to school and stuff. And I do it myself. And I'm like, but we have somewhere to be. Like, I can't wait for you to tie your own shoes. Yeah. Um, and I remember when Brooke, bless her, wanted to fix her own hair. Mm-hmm. Like all this hair. And I'm like, oh, no, friend. If you're going out in public with me, you are still getting help fixing your hair. We're not going to go out looking like a clown. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But we but we do go through this. I'll do it myself. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, turning back to that place of God will, you know, letting God do things through us mm-hmm. is absolutely having to say, hey, I need your help to get this done. Mm-hmm. I also um, remember, Bill, when bef- before she hit that I do it myself stage, you know, the smaller that we are, um, the less ways we have to communicate. For sure. And so I remember anytime she needed something, she got in more closer proximity with me. Oh, for sure. And she would use the only communication mechanism she had, which was to cry out. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like if we could have, if our relationship with God could be that simple. Oh, for sure. You know, that we just get in close proximity. Mm-hmm. And we just cry out, mm-hmm. you know? 
my kids tugged on me. Like they yeah. would tug on my shirt or tug mm-hmm. on my pants, especially if we were like somewhere out mm-hmm. and I was talking to someone, they had been taught not to interrupt. So they would all but tug my clothes off, like mm-hmm. trying to get my attention. And I think of the woman who came up to Jesus and just touched the hem. Mm-hmm. Like she wanted to be close and she yeah. knew she needed to touch him mm-hmm. to get what she needed. Yeah. But that's what kids do. They get in closer yes. proximity with the one that they need. Yes, for yeah. sure. Um, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. So becoming little children... Um, is not as easy as it sounds. Mm-hmm. It just isn't. So I want to look at, just really quickly, some other hard truths about the kingdom of God because I think, oh, I'm going to say this as carefully as I can, but salvation is a gift. That's right. It's already been paid for. Um, it was paid for by Jesus' blood and his sacrifice. Like It is absolutely a gift. But I think we sometimes make the concept of living within the kingdom sounds so easy. Just walk up to the front on a Sunday morning, receive Christ as your Savior, walk away and do life the way you want, and and it's all, you know, you've arrived. Yeah. Um, salvation is not just about getting a ticket into mm-hmm. a heaven someday um, so that, you're, that you don't end up in hell. It's not just fire insurance, I guess would be the great way to say that. Yeah. Um, and Jesus says some really hard things that um, I don't want us to avoid. I don't want to avoid the hard things mm-hmm. because they're very much part of the gospel message as well. And um, I think that we need to um, maybe ha- be able to sit with God and say, hey, you know, speak into this for me. Where am I at in these places? Mm-hmm. So the first one is the parable of the sower. It's in Matthew. It's actually in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But in Matthew 13, um, Matthew's telling the story of um, a gardener that goes out and sows seed. Mm -hmm. And it hits four different types of soil, but only one produces fruit. Mm -hmm. So that means three-fourths of the soil Mm -hmm. does not create kingdom fruit, Mm -hmm. is not living and um, doing life within the kingdom. Mm -hmm. They have either, the enemy has totally snatched it, um, it has fallen under the rocks and has no root, um, so it dies. And then the third one is um, it's in the weeds, which is like the cares of the world and the deceptions, um, and it's choked out and it dies. So just because you may receive Christ gladly, if you don't get a root and you don't pay attention to the weeds in your world, those kind of things can kill off what God is doing in your life. And, if, and that's the last thing we want to happen. We want um, to bear kingdom fruit, and we want to stay within the kingdom and not be one of those things that dies off. Yeah. That's such an interesting analogy. I've never, like, if you've ever been in the Christian community long enough, you've heard a perspective on this parable. For sure. Um, and to think that if I look at it just based on me, and the condition of my own heart, then it gives me, when you put it to me like that, Deanna, the way I receive that is I need to be um, sowing a lot of seed. Right. So that, because if if I can have a moment where, okay, something hits me and it doesn't, it doesn't take root, or it's, it's almost like it takes it out of this, this is the condition of my heart for this amount of time, and I have to move to this place so that I can get the condition of my heart correct. Well, you can you receive information so quickly, mm-hmm. um, 
And from so many people, somebody, God may be speaking to you through a person. God may be speaking to you through what you're doing on the internet. God may be speaking to you in so many ways. And in every instance, your heart condition can be a different way. It can fall on different things at different times. So that tells me that as I receive, I have to be taking in and getting in the foundation and the truth um, habitually mm-hmm. so that as it comes in that I can capture as much as I can. Does right. that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think also when, when you look at it from that perspective that we also need to be sowing seed out, like sharing oh, yeah. the gospel mm-hmm. out, but then not beating ourselves up when it doesn't look like what we think it's supposed to look like mm-hmm. on the other side of sharing because um, we have to let God handle that part. Mm-hmm. But um, that we have to just share with whoever God puts in our path. Mm-hmm. So then in Mark chapter 10, um, Jesus has just finished chatting with the rich young man, and that didn't go well. Um, the guy comes to him saying, you know, what do I have to do? To inherit eternal life. And Jesus tells him, you know, mentions some of the commandments from the Ten Commandments, actually. And the guy's like, hey, I did all this. And Jesus looked at him, and it says, and he loved him. Um, but he was also sad for him because he he saw what was lacking. Mm-hmm. And it was that he was dependent on those riches. Mm-hmm. And he said, go and sell everything you have and follow me. Mm-hmm. And when Jesus looks at us, we have to give him space to tell us what is lacking. Hey, what is needed so that I can follow you well? And this mm-hmm. guy's life, it was go sell everything so that you can follow me. And he left and didn't because he, his dependence, his identity, his worth, all the things were in those riches and he wasn't willing to get rid of them mm-hmm. to follow Jesus. Yeah. Um, we have to give him space to tell us, hey, what do I need to do to follow you well? What needs to go? What needs to be added? It, for all of us, it's going to probably look a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but then Jesus straight up says how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Okay, that was a hard statement. Then he says just straight up, children, how difficult it mm-hmm. is to enter the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. It is n- That just needs to be said again. It's mm-hmm. difficult to enter. It is not... Mm-hmm. It's just... While it is a free gift of salvation... Living inside the kingdom um, is not just an automatic. Like it re- it, the fact that throughout Scripture it says seek and search and knock mm-hmm. and all these things, and there's so many parables that talk about seeking and looking and selling everything and searching and <laughs> yeah. it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. God promises as if we seek, we're going to find, mm-hmm. um, and when we search, He's going to show us hidden treasures. But there's some effort in both going. of those words. Yeah. It is not a sit and let everything get dumped in my lap kind of a message. It is a, you have some responsibility on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and relationships that are one-sided don't flourish. No, They for just sure don't. Not. And if you're not putting in any effort in relationship, even relationships here on earth. Right. If you're putting no effort in, they t- tend to dwindle and right. they get lost. They do. And they so, really do. 
Jesus is always available. God is always available. Um, it's not the kind of situation where you're going to text him and say, hey, let's do lunch today. Sorry, I can't today or tomorrow or the next. I mean, he is always available. Always. So all mm-hmm. we have to do is reach out and we're going to encounter him. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, like you said, we have to we have mm-hmm. to do the reaching and we have to be investing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Matthew eleven twelve tells us that um, violence mm-hmm. is involved with the kingdom. And that does not mean that we need, you know, a gun, a bow and arrow, any of those kind of things. It's a spiritual battle that's happening over our head. But we have to know that there is going to be some spiritual opposition to us walking in the kingdom because we know that when we do, we become the light that he's called us to be. We become the salt he's called us to be. And people will be drawn to us. Well, the enemy is obviously going to want to Mm -hmm. shut that down. So there is some spiritual opposition when it comes to trying to live within the kingdom. So learning how to stay battle ready and learning how to walk in faith and use your shield of faith and your sword of mm-hmm. the spirit and all of those things are so important. Um, but again, mm-hmm. they are not a gimme. That's right. That's right. That reminds me of Luke 9. I'm reading Luke right now. Um, and the title in my Bible, you know, it says cost of discipleship. Mm-hmm. That. For sure. And it's... Um, one of the disciples are, says, I'll do anything. Where do, you want, where do you want me to go? And Jesus says, but do you realize that the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head? Mm-hmm. And then um, Jesus says, follow me. And then another guy chimes in and says, well, can I go bury my dad first? And Jesus says, well, let the be- dead bury the dead. And then again, it's like boom, boom, boom. And then again, he says, um, somebody says, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go wherever you want me to go. And he says, well, can I go tell these people bye? Mm-hmm. So it was almost as if, wasn't that you couldn't do those things? It was, he was showing each person what it was going to cost. It's going to cost something. That it's not just like this, um, I don't because it's easy, but it's, there's no, you have to put effort in. Yes. And your priorities have to be correct. Mm-hmm. And your heart has to be in the right place. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's some effort involved. Yeah. Matthew 21 is one of those places where it talks about the sinners will, you know, are entering faster than you, the prostitutes and the tax collectors. Oh, that is, that gives me. That's such a hard space. Mm -hmm. And and why? Because part of, part of walking in the kingdom is realizing that you need to be walking in the Mm -hmm. kingdom. And if we don't feel a need, Mm -hmm. if we don't have a desire, we're not going to do it. Um, if you don't need something, want something, see um, some value in something, you're not going to do anything about it. Pursue it. Yeah. You're really not. Um, I remember when Brady wanted an Xbox. Oh, my goodness. So, 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 so bad. And he was trying to trade things. He had other gaming systems. Let me trade this. Let me trade that. He went to so much effort because it was a huge desire of his heart mm-hmm. to have this. Um, he had a need really a want Mm -hmm. and he did what he had to do to get there prostitutes tax collectors the people of jesus's day that were called sinners knew who they were Mm -hmm. and were knew that they needed a savior knew that they that living in the kingdom was a better place but when you think you've arrived you know you've punched your card you go to church you know you do all the things maybe religiously you look pretty nice you may not see a need for living in a kingdom because you're living just fine in the kingdom you got surrounding you now. Mm-hmm. So having, being so aware that we are the center, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. that we are the sinner. I had this conversation with Brady the other day. We were talking about um, the parable of the lost son, mm-hmm. the product. We were actually looking at all the different lost from Luke chapter 15. And um, I said, one of the things that people that have been raised in the church unfortunately do so often is they relate to the brother who stayed at home. He didn't go and the prodigal son, you know, went and wasted his dad's money and he was the sinner. But the kid that stayed home, we all are like, oh, I'm the kid that stayed home. If we can't relate to both, then we're going to find ourselves in that center spot in a bigger way than we ever wanted to. Mm. Because we have sent, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody has. We have all at times turned our back on God and said, I'm going to do life my way. We just have. And mm-hmm. uh, when we can recognize that, then we start recognizing what a great need we have for him. Yeah. So. And we think that if we um, are living a life that we think is correct, that um, you take these parables and you see the extreme of something. Mm-hmm. And just because we don't live in that extreme space, but what we don't understand is if we, the Bible tells us that, you know, we are to love people and love God. And that if we do those things, that all the law is fulfilled. And it's almost as if, if we think we're doing that well, or if we don't do that well, it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. If I don't love you well, it's not as big of a deal as if I run off and spend all my daddy's money. Mm-hmm. And we don't see them, we take our own perspective and our worldly perspective and give weight yeah, we to do. which sin is worse. Yeah, we play the comparison game and yeah. we win. <laughs> yeah, And we win, so we think we're fine. And because logically, it doesn't seem like it's as, it's as bad. Right. Mm-hmm. But sin is sin. Mm-hmm. So, um, we've given all this bad news. So I think we should probably, um, that there is hope, though. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important to say that it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's not automatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it requires some effort, but the really cool thing about the new covenant, and we talked about that last week, is um, the Holy Spirit lives within us, and he guides us into all truth when we learn to stay in step with him and and listen to his voice and let him nudge us in the right direction. And he also empowers us to do anything that he leads us to do. So um, so the first thing I want to look at is I want to go back to Matthew chapter 18 where we started. And one of the things it says is that we're supposed to turn and become like little children. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at this word in the Greek, that turn is not just a, hey, make a little bit of an adjustment. This is a to turn around. This is like making a 180, going completely the opposite direction. It also um, is used in the context of turning your back on something like, no more. Mm-hmm. So we have to turn our back on dependence on ourselves. Turn our back on um, the world, basically. Um, and it also means to change your mind, to completely change your mind about a subject. And so maybe to recognize, hey, I do need God. Hey, I'm not as holy and all that as I thought I was um, in and of myself. Like I need a Savior and it's Christ that makes me right. And those kind of things. So that turning um, is something that's required. A lot of people um, say you should repent. It's kind of a similar thing to turn. Mm-hmm. Um, not the same exact word that Jesus is using here in the original language, but it is it is a similar situation of you have to turn. Um, and so changing one's mind 
is really what it's about because it's not a physical turn. Like I'm not asking you to stand up and, you know, turn Mm -hmm. 180 degrees. It's a changing of your mind. It is very much a a turn that has to happen in your brain. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's, we have to reteach ourselves how to think. We do. Oh, that's so hard. And Romans 12, (laughs) 1 and 2 talks about that. Not to be conformed any longer to this world, but be transformed. Well, how are we changed? How are we transformed? By the renewing of our mind. By constantly giving our mind truth that will eventually push out lies. Mm -hmm. And um, this is that place that you were talking about. This has got to be habitual. Mm -hmm. Because the, the world would love to fill you with its version of truth, and it does all the time via TV and social media and commercials and anything else that you run into, we are inundated with lies and with things that don't line up with God's truth. And so we have to, on the regular, Mm -hmm. be feeding our minds truth. And um, it's not the kind of thing, it does help, to recognize when something is a lie mm-hmm. and to pop, you know, to weed it out of your brain. But you have to replace it with truth or it's just going to find itself right back. So if maybe the lie that you're believing is, oh, I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy or I could never do this, mm-hmm. then you have to replace it with straight up scriptural truth where like all things are possible with God. Mm-hmm. You know, that, uh, that you are worthy. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus died for you, yeah. things like that. With the promises that... Are, mm-hmm. there, are there for you. Mm-hmm. So the second really important thing in changing our mind is what we're focused on. Mm-hmm. So 2 Corinthians 4.18 tells us to keep our minds on things above. And the, those things that are um, eternal mm-hmm. um, are the things that we don't see. And the things that are uh, temporary are the things we do see. So it's really backwards. So he's basically saying, don't focus on all the things that you can see with your physical eyes because all of that is temporary. Deanna, don't focus on the fact that you're having a bad hair day. That's super temporary. Focus on the eternal that, of what God wants to do in a place. Um, so changing our perspective um, is very much about um, opening our spiritual eyes and using those more often then we use then we register things with, with our physical eyes, mm-hmm. and that's hard. Mm-hmm. When we let our f- spiritual eyes speak into a situation more often than we let our physical eyes speak mm-hmm. into a situation, that requires straight up training, mm-hmm. because we are very programmed to respond to what we see with our physical eyes. Yeah. But we know that God doesn't do things that way. Mm-hmm. In fact, He doesn't want us ever to regard things from a physical standpoint, but to regard people and circumstances from an eternal standpoint. Uh, and that just takes practice. Mm-hmm. It so does. So this is, and when we do a podcast and we get to the root of what salty actually is, this is the root of it. Mm-hmm. Like it is to help you have a heavenly perspective, to spend time in a spiritual space where that supersedes your physical realm. And, I think about it because being in the nursing world, you know that through your neurological system, you experience the world through how you see it, smell it, taste it, feel it, touch it, or no, hear it. Yeah, hear it. Um, And the more we can take those five senses and experience the spiritual realm, the 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 more we are going to not let 
the world dictate what we do. For sure. You, you The more you can hear in the spiritual space, see in the spiritual space, and I'm sure there's so many other things you can feel there. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible talks a lot about tasting, mm-hmm. you know, and I can't imagine spiritually what that is even like. But, mm-hmm. but it's available. For sure. And And if we can get to a place where we experience the spiritual realm with all of our senses, then our physical realm isn't so... Um, we're not so inundated with what's going mm-hmm. on in our physical world. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. So that is a great way um, to change your mind. To change this, your mind. Is to mm-hmm. spend time in that spirit realm and, yeah. and see things from that perspective. Mm-hmm. So the other big space is that Jesus said was in eighteen Matthew 18, verse 4, was to humble mm-hmm. um, ourselves as like a little child. That's to be the greatest. So maybe if you don't want to be great in the kingdom, maybe you skip this one. But honestly, <laughs> humility is at the at the core and at the root of all things God. Because mm-hmm. Jesus humbled himself um, and died on a cross. Mm-hmm. He gave he humbled himself and washed the apostles' feet. He humbled himself and came and lived in poverty. Mm-hmm. He was born in a stable for heaven's sakes. So humility was at the root of who Jesus was. So if we think we're going to be able to do life in the kingdom in a, any way other than humility, then we were really confused. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in nursing school, I learned to do these um, little, um, well, the way I took notes in nursing school was we made this like little spider webs. And my notes were never like, here's the term and here's the five things that um, are the term. And I'm looking at my notes. And when you talked about humility in class on Monday, I made a spider web because there were so many good points. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I have my little word humble in a circle and then all my little spider web terms around it because it was, it was so good. It, God thankfully gives us lots of opportunities mm-hmm. and lots of ways to walk in humility. Yeah. The presence of God is one of the surefire ways mm-hmm. to walk in humility. Mm-hmm. We see it with Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6. And I love the story of Peter in Luke chapter 5 where he's, there's just been the great catch of fish. And Peter recognizes that he is in the presence of the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And he falls to the ground and is like, woe is me, I'm a sinner. He is humbled in that moment. Isaiah in the throne room with God immediately is like, woe is me, I'm a sinner. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. When we get in the presence of God, pride cannot stand there. Mm -hmm. It cannot be there. And so spending time in God's presence, and you can do this with worship. You can do this by being in the throne room. Mm -hmm. Like just spending time in the throne room helps build this quality of humility so, so well. Mm -hmm. Um, Denying ourselves. That's like a favorite, right? Um, This can be fasting. This can be telling yourself no about something else. But learning to not always get our way is a great way to also build in humility. And I kind of want to say in this denying yourself in the same space is also not defending yourself. Not feeling the need to be right and prove that you're right. You may be right and somebody else may be wrong, but letting it go and not having to prove that you are right. Um... Just operating in silence yeah. uh, is a very... Uh, Jesus was always right, mm-hmm. but he didn't have to always prove it. That's true. So being willing to be silent. Mm-hmm. Um, my next favorite is like secret service. Doing something, 
and not everybody doesn't have to know it. Mm-hmm. Um, not letting your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ones that seemed to be super popular the other night was choosing um, the lower position or the lower option where you choose the worst job that needs to be done. You choose the worst seat. Um, you, My kids used to, I don't know, you only have one, so you don't know, but shotgun, shotgun, shotgun. Mm-hmm. Like it was such a thing to be able to sit in the front seat. And so Brooke has a little friend, um, Sam, that anytime I'm taking the two of them somewhere, they fight over who's going to sit in the front seat. And um, that would be an opportunity for humility. Like, hey, just take the front seat. And that's something so simple but it's giving someone else, considering them before yourself, and that is at the root of what being hum- yeah. humble is. Yeah, that reminds me of the story when um, they're having a, you're going to have to help me on this one because it just came to my brain. I don't know if it was a wedding or a celebration of some sort, and everybody couldn't come. And so Jesus is like, go out to the highways and the byways and mm-hmm. get all of, get the people that um, really need me. Right. You know what I mean? The ones that are lowly. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? The, like you're talking about. Um, to come and to celebrate. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that just popped in my yeah, head. Yeah, because, and here's the thing. is it, Maybe that's part, that's a that's true. Like, we tend to only invite people into our homes mm-hmm. and to, into our celebrations who are just like us, mm-hmm. who will possibly invite us back over. Um, I know we go out with a, some friends of ours, and there's nothing wrong with this, but we're really funny about, oh, we'll pay this time. Well, we... We also know that the next time we go out, they'll pay next time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just we give. I mean, we may not be giving expecting something in return, but we do know that that's typically what happens. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the option of inviting someone in and giving to someone that you know you're never going to see it again, mm-hmm. um, that also requires humility. Yeah. And my final and favorite um, humble thing is our posture, like a physical posture of humility. And so I was trying to look for a scripture, um, and I went, oh, my goodness, it is everywhere. From Genesis to Revelation, people on their face before the Lord. And in that space, so often when you find him, he speaks to them. I'm in Ezekiel right now, and chapter 1, I mean, he's on his face, and when he gets on his face, God speaks to him. So... Um, If you have a hard time hearing God's voice, I just can't recommend enough the importance of an humble posture. Get on your knees, get on your face um, before the Lord because he will speak. Because that humble physical posture, uh, we are, while we are very much spiritual beings, we are also physical beings. And the things that we do in the physical very much affect things happening in the spiritual. And so... Being able to choose mm-hmm. a posture of humility um, begins to do a work on our spirit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So there is one thing you mentioned on Monday yes. that I want you to touch on. Confidence without arrogance. Oh, yes. So we can be confident in the Lord mm-hmm. and the confident in how much he loves us, confidence, confident in his truth, um, confidence in the fact that we're his child, without there being any pride in that and without there being arrogance in that. But the only way that pride doesn't seep into that is if we intentionally choose humility on the regular. Mm -hmm. Um, If we don't do something intentionally on a regular basis to push back pride in our lives, then you can guarantee it's it's taking ground. It's a battle. 
It's mm-hmm. absolutely a battle. And the best way to defeat pride and push it out of our lives is to continually choose things that bring us, that put us in a humble position. Because by nature, that is not who we are. As children, we start out humble, but it does not take long before the word mine becomes, and temper tantrums in the middle of a grocery store become part of. We are not called to be childish. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the center of that is selfishness. Um, and pride is in the middle of all of that, like my way, my way, my way. Um, but the confidence of doing things God's way is an humble confidence that um, is attractive because it is so rare. Um, and there's almost a, what is that kind of quality? Because when, and it's the quality that Jesus walked in. He was at all times humble, but he was at all times confident in who he was. In fact, right before he washes the disciples' feet in John chapter 13, um, it says of him, knowing who he was, he showed them the utmost of his love, showed them washing his feet. When you know whose you are, you can do the most humble task because you know doing that humble task does not affect who you are. Mm -hmm. You still have your identity so firmly in whose you are that you can do anything he puts in front of you to do because you know it's not. Because most of the time we get our identity in what we do. Mm-hmm. who we are and what we do like oh I do oh I'm a this or I'm a this I mean if you talk to my husband oh I write you know I train horses I have a horse range we get our identity in the things that we do but if we will get our identity in God then anything he gives us to do we can do because we don't Jesus didn't take his identity as I'm a slave who washes feet it's I'm a child of God and if he asks me to wash their feet I'm going to wash their feet mm-hmm. and it doesn't change um who you are. Because a lot of times, like if I ask my kids to take out the trash or do this or do that, there's a grumbling and moaning because it's beneath them. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do that. Who mm-hmm. wants to take out the trash or who wants to clean the kitchen? You know, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. It feels beneath us. Yeah. So. All right. Let's tie it together. So when we become like little children, when we turn and when we humble ourselves, we will find that we are able to walk with God mm-hmm. in that childlike, sweet innocence that has so much joy. I will tell you, when Allie and Everly were at the house the other day, there was more giggling and more laughing and more joy because little kids know how to do that well. Mm-hmm. And so that is one of the really fun parts about being childlike with our father is that we can walk in joy no matter what. I mean, um, yeah, they were just able to be joyful. And so there's not anything that really replaces that. Mm-hmm. And I, kids so live in the moment. Oh, for sure. There's never a thought of what did I do yesterday? No. Or a thought of what's tomorrow going to be like. Yes. They just, they're just present for that day. Oh, for sure. For that moment. For that moment. Like, that's how they live. And I'm thinking, if I could live in the present Mm -hmm. moment like a kiddo, life would be, there would be so much joy. There would be, because you wouldn't let anything steal it. Nothing. Nothing. For sure. Um, And if you don't have the opportunity to watch a little kid, maybe turn on some show that is about Mm -hmm. little kids. I know Pollyanna is a fun one. (laughs) You know, just whatever. But, um... I will tell you, if you spend some time around kids, 
um, yeah, you're going to see some of the yuck that God doesn't want, but you're going to see a whole lot Mm -hmm. of what he does want from us. Mm -hmm. All right, it's time to listen for God. So, um, Colleen, I'm going to let you pray and do the questions. Okay, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for who you are and for your word and teaching us through your word um, what it is like to have faith like a child, Lord. And I pray that um, as we open our hearts to you now and listen for your voice, that you silence um, any distraction in our minds and our thoughts and our hearts and you open up our hearts to hear what you have to say. Enemy, you have no space here. You are bound and gagged in Jesus' name. Lord, we're ready to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm. Okay, number one. One thing to do this week to practice humility. What is one thing you can do this week to practice humility? Okay. So I got a actual now answer my daughter got braces put on on Thursday we left an hour after and a bracket fell off and then yesterday she was eating a hamburger and another bracket fell off on day number five. Oh my gosh and I'm thinking this it can't be us <laughs> but I'm but the Lord told me to approach that in such a way that you're not accusatory and mm-hmm. like to do that with humility and because mm. I have to go get it put back on this afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Back to school, you go. <laughs> back, back. Mine was just tell yourself no. Like, mm. when you come across something that maybe you really want, be willing to tell yourself no. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have to listen for him for where that space is. Like, nope, you don't need that. Like, mm-hmm. say no. Yeah. Okay, number two. An area God is working on in your heart. An area God is working on in your heart. What did he tell you? When things don't go my way. Oh, gosh. <laughs> ah, I don't want to work on that. <laughs> I know. Um, so I heard faith. Oh, good. Um, I'm in a season of living by faith and having to be very humble. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what he told me. Okay, number three. Who does God say that you are? Who does God say that you are? Okay, so he said to me, better than yesterday. (laughs) That's nice. Yes. So I can definitely feel that in the physical, but I also think he's saying, you're getting, you're growing. Like, it's Mm -hmm. better. It's getting better. Mm -hmm. Even though it maybe doesn't look like it's getting better. (laughs) It's getting better. Uh, I got precious, Mm -hmm. so that was nice. Mm -hmm. Number four, a lie about you that you are believing. A lie about you that you're believing. Mm. What did you hear? That my physical appearance somehow affects the message that he uh, (laughs) wants to give. Uh, I can get really hard on myself about the way I look or bad hair day or weight or whatever the thing. And he was like, 
you know, Dan, I can speak through a donkey. I don't need you to look a certain way or present yourself a certain way for my message to be received. Mm, That's good. That's good. So I heard it's not worth it. (laughs) There's, it's like my life has been turned completely upside down and I'm making this huge faith jump and I'm like, oh, but I'm I'm like, it's not, some days I wake up and I'm just like, is it all going to be worth it? Oh, so true. <laughs> I, I struggle with that a lot. Is it all going to be worth it? Yes, and it is. It is. Mm-hmm. It, obedience is always worth it. Even in the moment when you're going, how is this possibly ever going to be worth it? Mm-hmm. It's, obedience yeah. is always worth it. We just have to believe that it's always worth it. Yes. Number five, a truth about God you need to fully receive. A truth about God you need to fully receive. So I have been spending some time in the throne room, um, and the scene changed a little bit. I um, I saw, I became a very small individual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so much to the point where, like, if I wanted to give a correlation, it would be like me to the size of an ant on the floor. Mm. Um, I'm like an ant. And um, he's sitting on his throne, and he has the world in one of his hands and me in the other, like an ant. And now I know he's trying to tell me that I have you in the palm of my hand. Oh, I have nice. you. Not only do I have the world, but I've got you. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so what truth do you need to? Um, that he created me. That mm, he yes. formed me. He created me. Just the way he wanted me, and he is pleased, and that needs to be enough for me. That's good. That's good. All right. Well, that's all the questions that we have today. All right. We'll catch you back on the next podcast. Mm -hmm. Y'all have a great day. Love y'all.